On this episode of Money with Friends, are you skeptical about the market rally, especially when we are going to start seeing more companies reporting how they are doing during the pandemic? We'll talk about it with Journey to Launches' Jamila Souffrance on this episode of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from Lake Mayapak, New York. And I'm Jamila Souffrant of Journey to Launch, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like top-rated podcast host Jamila Souffrant of Journey to Launch. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And this episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by NordPass. Let the NordPass password manager remember all your complex logins, autofill online forms, and generate strong passwords stress-free. This is a recurring theme, by the way, on our show. Um, It's only $2.49 a month, plus you get an additional month for free. Check it all out at nordpass.com forward slash MWF. Make sure to use that MWF to get all that. Welcome back, Jamila. Thank you. Great to be here again. Yesterday's show was awesome. If anyone missed it, make sure to check it out. We were talking about, um, well, just more complications regarding... uh, Robin Hood and more warnings. Today, we're sticking to the investing theme and we're going to be highlighting um, a really, um, a very, um, I think, very intelligent um, analyst that has some, a, a top strategist that has some interesting perspectives, very balanced perspectives on the stock market. Um, yeah, Jamila, what are your thoughts right now before we get into it? Yeah, I think um, as we as I read the article, as we both like kind of uh, do that, we're going to just see, I think, what in real life investing is like, like there is all, the, you know, there's there's all these ups and downs with the market and then with our feelings <laughs> towards our money that is at risk. And so I think this is like a perfect time to talk about it because we're right in the middle of it. Exactly. Let's see who's going to lead us into the headline. Hey, it's Paul from the Crazy Money Podcast. Friends, check. Money, check friends with money let's do this okay so this article is called tug of war between skepticism and fear of missing out is raging on wall street top strategic strategist top strategist megan shu finds um and this is from stephanie landsman from cnbc so wilmington trust megan shu sees a battle is underway on wall street as coronavirus cases surge and companies get ready to report second quarter earnings According to the firm's head of investment strategy, there's a tug of war between market skepticism and a fear of missing out. We are definitely seeing a tremendous amount of skepticism about this rally, Shu told CNBC's Trading Nation on Friday. Nearly all of our client conversations are about the rally seeming, seeming unjustified and markets being out of touch with the economy. On the other side, she's seeing a buying, she's seeing a buy the dip mentality and market resilience with a few names, including big tech grabbing the most attention. This looks like a setup that is suggestive of continued momentum, said Shu, a CNBC contributor. But any big letdown, Shu warns, could have painful consequences and will contribute to higher volatility. We could see some big down days like we saw in March and June just because of this phenomenon of disappointment that could see all investors heading for the same relatively small exit, says Shu. Shu, who oversees $104 billion in assets under management, acknowledges earnings season could surprise to the upside because the bar is so low. 
we could potentially see a big upside surprise similar to the economic data, she added. Now, don't get me wrong, the numbers are still going to be terrible, but I think relative to expectations, it's possible that the worst is baked in at this point. That's We're going to get back to that point because that is a very interesting point she makes here. Let me go on with the article just a little bit. While earnings may generate some optimism, Shu contends growing uncertainty regarding the virus and the presidential election are serious headwinds. Quote, markets don't necessarily favor one party or the other. What they dislike is uncertainty and the possibility for meaningful change, she noted. Another quote. One that would be a risk to the market would be higher taxes. And I think that's something we're going to see the market start to digest a little bit more. Since it's unclear whether skepticism or fear of missing out will win the tug of war, Shu believes it's wise for investors to be cautious without getting too defensive. Quote, we do see two-way risk as we look over the next 12 months, Shu said. If we have a faster recovery, if the current spike in virus cases does not result in a broad-based shutting down of economies across the country, we could see some of these cyclicals and more value-oriented names really bounce higher. So there's a lot to unpack there. What hits you first? You know, again, I think since most of us, whether even if we don't know it or not, like you're an investor, if you have like a 401k, um, even if you're not an active like trader, like if you have a 401k or a Roth IRA, you're an investor, right? And so our money is, is it's real for us. Um, these market um, fluctuations, the skepticism. Uh, so I think that this is no surprise that, you know, there's potentially people are considering maybe exiting or pulling out too early, losing money, but then people seeing it as also an opportunity. Like, I think it just depends on maybe how you view risk. Um, but I can't wait to talk a little bit more about maybe because my takeaway when we get to it is just about knowing yourself, like how you are as an investor, like what risk you can take so that you know how you can navigate when the market is like this. Very well said. And we're okay. So we're all eager to see what her that's like, you're you're the best at teasing. Oh, my goodness. So I'm really curious to see what you're going to say, because we don't plan this in advance. Like we just come on and say what we're going to say. We talk about the article in advance, but we don't necessarily I don't know what she's going to say, which keeps it interesting. Although we're generally on the same page with these kind of issues. Um, One thing that really stands out to me also is, you know, that the markets don't really care. I mean, in theory, she's saying it's not necessarily who wins an election. It's about the uncertainty and the possibility of meaningful change. And that is what has always been a concern for the stock market, that we really, when you don't know what's going to happen, it really scares people. Um, And I remember even when President Trump was elected, the biggest factor wasn't that he was elected. It was that he was an unknown. And that's why I remember the day right when he was, when the election results came in, the markets really were all over the place and then eventually obviously settled in. But it was a lot of fear of the unknown is what really is a weighs on the markets. Yeah. Um, we did put this out to our Instagram live audience and we did ask them about FOMO. Um, and so we asked them, do you get FOMO about the stock market? What do you think our Money with Friends audience said? Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, you're correct. Um, in this case, you're correct, but not by that much. And a lot of people voted, actually. Um, it was 52% yes and 48% no. So I was actually kind of impressed that there wasn't this huge – I thought that there – because I feel like even – like I'm, you know – most of my stuff is very long term and I'm not really looking at it day to day, but there's always this feeling like, oh, I wish I'd gotten in earlier. Oh, I wish I could put more into this or that or whatever. And you definitely, I personally, of course, get FOMO a little bit. So I was impressed that they are very chill, it seems. 
Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then we asked them to, um, what was the follow-up question? Oh, share your thoughts about the recent performance of the stock market. And you have a couple answers there. Yeah. So Annette said, I am loving it. The best sale to buy into. Very good. Um, and that's definitely, um, I don't want to say definitely, that is often true if you're a long-term investor, that if you believe and you, and maybe if you have a, a wide basket of stocks, of course you still have to be, if a stock is down because something fundamental has changed in the sector or in that particular company, company, then it's not really on sale. You have to look at why it's down. But if a company is down with the whole market, but nothing fundamental has changed at that company, then it's something that you could really look at and think, okay, this is something, as as she said, that could be on sale. Yeah. And um, someone else said, I sold a third of my Telsa shares when it hit 1100 made a great profit. But man, today it was 1700 so Yeah. <laughs> it even went up more. She would have made more money if she Exactly. Well, that's the thing. And, you know, it's tricky because on the one hand, you can make the argument, like no one ever lost money taking profits. And there is a time and a place for taking profits. It's okay. Sometimes it's the right time to sell something. And it goes back to what you're going to tell us more about, but knowing yourself, knowing your goals, knowing where you're headed and why you're buying and selling a stock. Maybe you reach your goal and it's okay to take money off the table. I once had an experience where I was allowed, when I worked at Reuters, they had a spinoff company. We were allowed to buy shares in the IPO. And it was really nerve wracking, you know, when you have your own money and something like this. And it was terrifying. As much as you can know intellectually not to get emotionally involved. And it went up at first. And I did decide to take half off the table. I took profits for half. And you know what? It later cratered. Like I was riding the rest. So basically I took my, I took what I had put in off the table. So I was now, you know, if you want to go into the gambling metaphor from the Robin Hood story yesterday, um, I was now playing with quote, the house's money. I had, I had taken off what I had put into this very risky IPO. And these are not huge sums of money, by the way, just so you guys know. And then I watched it greater. And I was like, well, I'm just going to ride it out and have the life experience of what it's like to have an IPO. And that's not that unusual for an initial public offering to have a pop at the beginning and then it often does not live up to expectations. But then some some of them that have had trouble at the beginning, long-term do really well when sort of the trading audience gets out. So back to Jamila's wisdom. Do what's right for you. We yeah, have a, no, actually, go ahead. no, but Bobby, I really like, um, you know, that thought process to managing like the risk or like knowing yourself. It's just like, all right, if I, as long as I make my money back, like I'll take that out and then gamble with the house money, you know, gamble High-risk investments, right. When there's a high-risk investment. We're not talking about a well-diversified, you know, properly allocated retirement plan. We're talking about when you, you know, have an opportunity for something and you can afford to lose the money to basically bet on a very risky bet. And many IPOs can be incredibly risky. And that was a decision I made, but that was my my thought process. And we do have Annette here with us. Yay. Hi, Annette. So Annette says, um, actually, you can't look at what it could have been. Just stick to your plan. Eyes on the horizon. Yeah, exactly. I also want to mention that we are, this is this is coming out Wednesday. We're recording this on Monday. We are on the edge of a big earnings week. And so we have a lot of unknowns, but what's happened is, so we're going to have all these companies that are going to come out and say how well they did in terms of their earnings, how much money they've been making. And this is going to be really interesting because it is the second quarter. So this is COVID. The first quarter, it was a little bit of impact, but not as much. This is really, we're all in at this point for these companies. And because it's not expected to be good, a lot of Wall Street, they put out what they expect the numbers to be, and those have been reduced by a lot. So the earnings could come in also really not good 
on an absolute basis, but on a relative basis, because the bar is so low at this point, as Shu pointed out, they could really do well. And you could see a lot of these stocks rallying. So it gets very complicated. You could have a company not doing well and people sort of like, I don't understand. They had terrible earnings. Well, it was priced in already. And then the market rallied because it wasn't as bad as people thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. So, um, it's also important to talk about the fact that the market is not necessarily reflecting the economy. So part of the reason the market's been going up is because it has a lot of stocks that reflect technology companies or companies that will thrive in this environment, but it's not necessarily reflecting the small businesses. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and like, you know, I think part of the article, um, it was quoted that it, it seems out of touch with the reality of a lot of people's day to day. And, you know, just like, with uh, people, the unemployment rate and the loss of income for so many people that that has to impact, you know, the consumer um, miserable and the way we spend money. Right. But like in certain areas, you see more spending, you see companies thriving. But in other areas, which I think industry specific, like um, those earnings, I think, will will be more contained or grouped together. Right. Because the industry specific companies that are like losing money now, like they're going to be more risky. So, and we can probably predict those, but then maybe the other companies that we are expecting to do not like, you know, not as bad, we'll see rally and do better. Very well said. Okay. Before we get to our takeaways, I do want to talk about, well, I want to give everyone a warning, another learn from my mistakes that we sometimes do on the show. There are so many times you can learn from my, my mistakes, but one of the mistakes that I have made recently, and I paid the price because I got hacked, was that I had a lot of passwords. I couldn't remember my password. So I made every password the same pretty much. <laughs> and guess what? Then So then when you get hacked, it goes so bad because not only did my email get hacked, but then I got all these other things hacked as well. So I was really happy to hear about NordPass and the fact that NordPass is now sponsoring Money with Friends um, because it has a solution. Um, and by the way, if you guys listen regularly, you know that this cost me, um, well, almost cost me. I caught it early on, but it could have cost me as much as $2,000. So this is really serious business. I don't want you guys to have something happen like that. Fortunately, I caught it early. So you guys have to protect yourself. So NordPass is going to give you better passwords and then it it remembers them. It's a password manager and it protects you. So it creates these complex logins. You couldn't remember them yourself anyway, but that's actually a really good thing. Um, and then it autofills the online forums again. So you don't have to remember the passwords. It will do it for you. And it takes all the stress away, which is what we need. Um, it's only $2.49 a month. Plus you get an additional month for free. So you can get 50% off NordPass by using Money with Friends. So by using our code, here's where you need to go. NordPass, N-O-R-D-P-A-S-S, NordPass, nordpass.com forward slash M-W-F, or you can just use the code M-W-F and you're going to get that amazing deal. And most importantly, you will protect all of your accounts, which is so important. Trust me on this. Have you ever been hacked, Jamila? Thank God, no. But okay, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of, the, um, of apps and things like that. I have something similar. Um, so I think they're very useful. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is like no joke, guys. Like, do not do what I did. Um, it, it was really scary. It's a real freak out moment. And you feel really, really vulnerable. So 
make the time. I know we're all really busy, but just make the time to get on it. And like I said, nordpass.com forward slash MWF, you get a great deal. I mean, that's like, it's also a bad habit, but I bought a coffee that cost more than $2.49 today. So I could have had NordPass for that. So if you're doing that, you know, it's a better maybe, well, I'm not judging, but it might be something to consider that it might be better than a coffee one day that you do that once a month instead of a coffee, maybe you get NordPass. Okay. Takeaways. Do you want to go first or second? Yeah, I can go first. Okay, go. Um, so the takeaways from this piece, um, you know, I think it reflects the way our brains work. I'm going to approach it more from our, the investor's perspective, right? And um, I love this quote I from this um, author. The, it's Brian Portnoy. He was on my podcast, the Journey to Launch podcast recently. And um, he it's called Geometry of Wealth. And one of the lines he has is, money is both analytically complex and emotionally fraught. And, you know, either one of those, like, is a, enough to, like, make people, like, make bad or uh, money decisions and or, like, avoid, you know, money. And investing just adds another layer. And really, like, our minds are not, our brains are actually not wired for, like, you know, long-term investing. Like, the way, like, because we want, we want wins, like, we want short-term um, gains. And like, the, so for like saving, investing, all these long-term strategies that we need to do to like secure our futures, like it's hard for people to implement. So I'm saying all that to say, like when it comes to the stock market, really understanding one, like your position, like the kind of person you are, like, are you a risk taker? Are you someone who like, if you see it go up and down, you're going to want to like do something about it and make a movement? Or are you kind of the kind of person who can withstand that? Right? Like, so knowing that about yourself then can, can then allow you to make investing strategies that work for you. So maybe things more are on autopilot. Perhaps you're not looking at single companies. Maybe you're looking at index funds. Um, maybe you do want to be more active and pick separate companies, right? So I think knowing that about yourself, knowing the kind of person you are, um, will help you then set up a strategy so that you can withstand the volatility of the market. Um, and then the other thing is like we always say, you said on the podcast yesterday, this is why talking to people is helpful, um, especially friends with this, because whatever emotions you're going to, maybe you're going to pull the trick and sell something and you're not ready to sell. Um, someone else that you know is probably having the same thoughts or maybe they're not and it's time to talk about it. So again, talking about this with people in your life is important because you can help each other from making mistakes. That is so brilliant. And I just, I can't agree more. I think that, you know, the more sounding boards you have is just really important. And if that sounding board is a podcast, this one, or we'll talk in a minute more about Journey to Launch. I mean, that's also a really good way to bring other people into the conversation. So I love that you, you gave us that, Jamila. My takeaway is that I love that this piece takes sides. It's not really telling you what to do. Um, it lays out what could go wrong or right either way and the different factors that smart investors should just consider. And then it leaves it up to us which way to come down. For me, it comes down to your short and long-term goals. We talk a lot about being long-term investors and with everything going on, make sure that it's still, that your money is in the right place for the risks you're taking. And don't be afraid to adjust what's in long-term and what's in maybe medium and short-term. Maybe the vast majority of your investments are long-term. That is generally typical and generally the right thing for many people, especially when we save for retirement in the long-term. You can take more risk with that. But don't be afraid to reconsider your asset allocation 
in total, in your total wealth, not necessarily in any specific account. You don't want to take as much risk sometimes with some of your resources as your circumstances change, which they can be in this environment. That doesn't mean necessarily selling an investment, but it could be maybe rethinking asset allocation for new funds if that's right for you, given the changing circumstances for a lot of us. Yeah, that's a really good point um, about, you know, just adjusting um, and especially separating the long-term goals and money. Because if it's long-term and you don't need that money right now to pay bills, then you can withstand and like go long-term investing with that money. You don't have to sell anything or even change allocations. Like if it's not something you need right away, but if it's money that you're depending on, you're saving maybe um, for something else, like that's when you want to be just a little more more strategic about how you're handling the volatility because you know, they, they say like, it's only a loss when you sell, right? So if right. you need to sell at a downturn and that's money you were planning on using for something like that's when to me, it gets to where like people get really scared, which I totally get, but understanding that probably, um, if you're investing like in a 401k or long-term investment vehicle, that that money's not right now, you don't need that money. You're not using it now. So it's okay to ride out like the market waves. Exactly. And it's also okay with new money. If you think you're going to need it, maybe you don't put that into the market. That's usually a better thing than selling is just think about the new money that you would have invested. If you think you want a little bit more of an emergency cash cushion, that's okay. But that's a better way to do it for most people. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so I want to talk about you though, before we run out of time, because you have so much going on and so many amazing resources, both for investing and general personal finance um, for your journeyers and your other ventures. Tell us more. Yeah, so you can check the podcast out. I have, um, actually have a podcast index. I haven't mentioned this before on this um, show. So it's like where you can like see by topic, like um, something maybe you're interested in. So real estate investing, investing, people reaching financial independence. So if you go to journeytolaunch.com slash podcast index, you'll be able to like pull up um, episode by topics. So check out the podcast wherever you listen to this podcast. And then if you're listening to this in real time, uh, time, I am having a class on Thursday, July 16th about reaching financial independence. So check it out at journeytolaunch.com slash free class. And then stay tuned because doors to the Money Launch Club are also opening later this week. And that's a limited time, right? Yeah. So like, um, you know, I pour into my community. Um, I pour into everything I do. But like the Money Launch Club, like it's very intensive to upkeep and run and launch it. So I'm really only thinking about opening doors twice a year. So it's one of those things where we're open for a week, then I get to close it down um, to new members, but then focus on all the members inside and, you know, give them the resources, give them the tools to help. So it's only going to be open for like a week. And then the next time we probably open maybe in January. (laughs) All right. So everyone, if you're listening in real time, make sure you're on it fast. And if you're not, we'll be in touch with Jamila and, you know, you'll at least know when the next time it opens as well. And you can also learn more about Journey to Launch, Jamila, and all of our co-hosts by going to moneywithfriendspodcast.com. I haven't, I don't know if we've said this um, too often, but you can also email us at team at moneywithfriendspodcast.com. And of course, be part of our Instagram and Twitter polls and tweets on uh, our handle in both places is at many friends pod. So at many friends pod on both Instagram and Twitter, Jamila, this has been so wonderful. You'll be back in four weeks for more shows. You'll you'll see me again or hear me again soon. (laughs) Wait, did we say what your handles were? I think we didn't say that yet. Let's do your handles. Yeah. So follow me at journey to launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Awesome. So consistent. I wish I was the same. Mine are a little bit different, but anyway, (laughs) um, at money with, 
at Money Friends Pod for us, because I didn't say that enough. Um, my handle, by the way, is at Bobby Rebel One, the number one on Instagram. So everyone follow me there too as well. Thank you as always, Jamila. We'll see you again soon. And thank you everyone for listening to Money with Friends. Bye. The show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.